Today's episode is presented by The Skin Store. For over 20 years, The Skin Store has been the number one destination for premium skincare, hair care, and beauty products. With over 8,000 different products from 300 different brands, The Skin Store has you covered for all your hair, cosmetics, supplements, and of course, skincare needs. Find your favorite brands like Elta MD, New Face, Olaplex, and more, all in one place with gifts for every purchase. Right now, The Skin Store is offering our listeners 20% off your next purchase by using the code POD. That's code P-O-D for 20% off your next purchase at skinstore.com slash pod.list. Skin Store, have the confidence to tackle the day ahead. Exclusions apply. Hi, this is Kelly. And this is Jenna. And you're listening to ODFM. Today's episode is One Dive from Murder. about it, we realized that you had covered oh. planes, trains, and Transportation craziness. Yes, right? So, so it's your turn. Yeah. So I was like, well, what haven't we covered? Boats. So I looked up and I was like, oh my God, I remember that I'd heard about this story a while Uh-oh. back. So, Uh-oh. Okay. Oh yeah. So one dive. Are you ready? Um, I'm, I'm a little scared because it makes <laughs> me think of, what is the movie Cape Fear? <gasps> okay. <sighs> No, this is this is very different. This this okay. is broad daylight. Oh, that might be worse. <laughs> what was wait? What was that movie like? Open water. Oh God! But there's yes. there's no. It, this is this is uh, there's no this sharks. Is, yeah, this is true crime. This isn't okay. like this isn't shark this attacks. Isn't animal Planet. Or, All right. <laughs> oh, that freaked right? me out too. Yeah, that would happen okay. to me. Okay, I'm ready. October two thousand and three. <gasps> October. Okay. Which I was going to say not that long ago, but I keep forgetting, That's you know, true. when everyone's like, 10 years ago was just 93, right? Oh, <laughs> God. No, I don't. October of 2003. Okay. Um, excited tourists are boarding a luxury resort ship. I have no, I can't relate to that at all. Uh-uh. Called the Spoil Sport. <laughs> Perfect name. <laughs> uh, okay. Jeeves, let's get on the spoil sport. <laughs> right. So this is for a week-long scuba diving excursion. Week-long. Week-long. Scuba diving in itself freaks me out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never done that. Oh, <laughs> scares me. It brings out my claustrophobia. Yeah. <laughs> so this excursion was on Australia's Great Barrier Reef. If I was going to try scuba yeah. diving, that, that might be where I'd have to be, be like, the place. I'm going to have to give this a shot, right? There are 25 passengers, 12 crew members, and three commercial divers. Wow. So the passengers are all going to be the divers, but there's three really well-trained ones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Among the passengers are three American couples. There is Ken and Paula Snyder and Ginger and Doug Millsap. They were all seasoned divers, and the two couples had been friends for 25 years. Oh, okay. So they're all going with their friends. Big trip for them. And then there's Gabe and Tina Watson, who were a young couple on their honeymoon. Oh, They're only in their mid-20s. Okay. So, but, so the three couples meet because the night they got on the boat, there's like champagne and fruit oh, yeah. set out and there's like a little mingling time yeah. or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So they all kind of meet because, hey, we're all the Americans here. Yeah. Then they all settle into their cabins for the night. Okay. Yeah, sounds pretty, oh, pretty nice to me. Yeah. That'd be pretty right? sweet. So the next morning, the spoil sport is hovering above the first dive site, which is a shipwreck. Ooh, that's kind of cool. So it's a 50-foot dive, 50 feet down. Down. A little much for me, but okay, 50 feet down to the SS Yungala, which is a 350-foot steamer that sank in 1911. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. So there is a strong underwater current. <gasps> okay, there. that's not cool. No. <laughs> She's already like, Mm-mm. yeah, never mind. And the crew of the uh, spoil sport had labeled it a red dive. 
Oh, shit. Which means that it was for advanced divers only. <gasps> so that's like a black diamond on ski slopes. There you go. Uh, no. So after the dive master reviews all the safety procedures, the divers are taken in groups out on an inflatable to a buoy. And then once they're in the water, there's a permanent chain that goes from the buoy down to the bow of the wrecked ship. Oh, okay. So you kind of like guide yourself down, right? Okay. And you kind of like pull yourself down, right? And then from there they do what, and I had to find this out, is called a drift dive, which means they let go of the chain at the bow and they let the current carry them across the length of the ship and over the deck as they take in like there's coral and sea life is all like taken over the ship and stuff apparently it's really cool i bet it's beautiful i'll take their word for it right exactly i'm sure there's pictures right (laughs) yeah look at the pictures and then as they drift and they get to the stern of the ship they grab onto a second permanent chain and then they can pull themselves up to that buoy i'd be the one that misses it nope (laughs) oh shit well i would hope it's not like Speeding fast, and be like if you just (laughs) 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 right. That would be me. There she goes. Like I'm picturing like those space movies and stuff when they accidentally like untether themselves and they're out in space. Like I can so understand that. I see that. I'm like, don't let go. I'm gonna have nightmares. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the Snyders and the Millsaps did the dive together. Okay. And they absolutely loved it. They thought it was fantastic. It was gorgeous. As they're getting ready to go a second time, I was like, oh, that's cool. They even get to go oh, again. That's okay. pretty cool. It's so like a little like, ride. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, let's go again. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> As they were getting ready to go again, they noticed a bunch of chaos and panic at the oh, back shit. of the boat. Oh, shit. They saw the honeymooner, Gabe Watson, approaching the boat in an inflatable raft alone. <gasps> uh oh. Mm hmm. Um. In an interview with NBC News, Doug Millsap said he was hitting the side of the inflatable as it was coming back to the boat saying, oh, my God, I've lost her. I don't know where she is. I couldn't find her. I don't know what happened. Your uh, face right now. So further away in another dive boat. So like they weren't the only like. Like oh, okay. excursion so was, out there. Yeah. There was another excursion. So okay. in another dive boat um, that was not the spoil sport, someone was giving CPR <gasps> to a lifeless diver. Oh, shit. Right. There she is. So Paula Schneider told NBC News, I went over and asked him, meaning Gabe, she went over to okay. Gabe. Um, I went over and asked him if I could do anything for him. And he just said, well, I need a hug. So I hugged him and held him. That's kind of weird. Okay, good. I was waiting like, to see if you said that because I thought well, I could use a hug. I would have been like hug. freaking the freak out, my right? Life. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, Can I do something? Get her. You know, like something. Yeah. But he was like, eh. take a hug. Yeah, <laughs> like he's Olaf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, all right. Weird. Problem solved. Despite working on her for more than forty minutes, Whoa. they could not resuscitate her. Shit. So Tina Watson was declared dead at 11.21 a.m. And she was only 26 years old. Wow. And she had oh, just God. gotten married 11 <gasps> days before. Oh, no. So okay. apparently they got married. They went to Australia. They spent a week, like, um, oh. sightseeing and stuff. Oh, and then they, then they oh, did God. this. I can't wait to hear what actually caused the death. Because... <laughs> Gabe then began to tell the Snyders and the Millsaps what happened on the dive, right? Okay. He explained that he and Tina were about 40 feet down when she gave him the signal to go up to the surface. Oh, okay. For for whatever reason, she was like, yeah, gotta go. You know, he grabbed her hand and started swimming against the current for the chain because I guess they were closer to the first chain. Okay. Than the second one. They were swimming against where they were supposed to be just kind of like floating along. But halfway there, Tina got fatigued and started sinking. Yeah. You know, it would have made more sense to just swim yeah, just go with, with the, current the current and so kick that, and just get there yeah. faster. But whatever. For whatever reason, uh, they, they went the other way. Okay. But she started to get fatigued and she started sinking. Oh, shit. That's scary. Oh, she reached out and knocked off his mask and regulator. Oh, shit. Right? She was yeah, panicking. Panicked. So Gabe let go of her hand so he could fix his mask and put his yeah, regulator so back he could on, go right? Help her. And when it was fixed, he said Tina was about ten feet below him. Oh shit! Sinking feet first with her arms outstretched to him. 
Oh, God. So she was already, like, passed out. So she's, like, reaching out to him, and she's, like, going feet first. She's just sinking oh, down, Jesus. right? And he said he couldn't swim to her fast enough, so he went to the surface for help. Oh, God. So uh, now, both Ken Snyder and Doug Millsap have the highest level of certification, dive master. Oh. And they both have 25 years of experience. Holy so shit. first, horrified, Ken Snyder asked, Gabe, you left her? Because I guess like that's, oh, that's the like first no, rule. No. That's like, well, because you always are supposed to scuba dive. I, I say this like I've been there. Yeah, like I read with a friend. Okay. You, it's always a buddy thing. You never go okay. alone. It's always a buddy system. And like rule number one, never leave your buddy. It's supposed to be easy to lose them, especially if there's currents underwater. They could just be like, yeah. right. <gasps> oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, then Ken told Gabe to come up with a better story because what he described could not have happened. Whoa. This is Holy like shit. still on the back of the boat. Wow. Right after she's been declared dead. He's like, wow. He's uh-uh. just calling him out. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you're a fucking liar. Wow. When they were interviewed by NBC News, like the interviewer was like, so tell us why this was bullshit. And they said, yeah. well, they knew it would only take underwater. It would only take two fin kicks to go oh. 10 feet. Oh. Okay. So for him to say she was too far, he couldn't get to her fast enough. Oh, that was, was weird. bullshit. Okay. okay. They also knew that panicked divers don't relax and sink. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. And hey. this all happened really quickly. It's not like she was under there stressed for a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, you know, if Tina was panicked or if she was struggling for air, she would have been like clawing yeah. for the surface or clawing for his air thing or whatever yeah it was like she passed out right so they were like only dead people sink (gasps) right (laughs) your face again you're like (laughs) so oh my god gabe changed his story oh and he said well i i reached out to grab her buoyancy vest i thought you were gonna say boobs I reached out to grab her Right, but I couldn't get it because the vest was in the way. Yes. Yeah. So (laughs) he said that he reached out and grabbed her buoyancy vest, but that she was too heavy. He lost his grip and she started to sink. So then Doug Millsap says, that's got to be BS. And I guess he actually said BS. Because things are weightless underwater. Exactly. Uh, How could she have been too heavy? There's no sensation of weight. So Gabe tweaked it again and said that while he had her vest, he was kicking and trying to pull her towards the surface, but she was too heavy. So he lost his grip. Like he kept like kind of. He can't get it. (laughs) Turn it a little bit. You know, he can't. Also, Gabe was about six feet tall and stocky. Oh. And Tina was about a foot shorter than him and petite. Oh. Oh. She was just this. Teeny thing, right? So she would have been like a, a fish for him. Right, right. Just exactly. pulling this this little um, tuna. So apparently Doug Millsap told him again, this sounds like BS. To <laughs> again, his face. your story sucks. Twice. Right. Again. This is, and again, it's right after his wife dies, wow. and he's like, That's bullshit. And then I guess they just like kind of stopped talking. Well, yeah. <laughs> they just kind of, you know. And he's like, mm, yeah, you're going down, dude. I'm out. Wow, I like this guy. So when Queensland police arrived and began taking statements from witnesses, they learned that another diver had taken an underwater picture that morning (gasps) and unknowingly captured Tina Watson (gasps) lying on her right side on the ocean floor. Oh my God. That's creepy. So they didn't like, this was back, like you still had to develop the film, like it was underwater film. So they didn't have it, (gasps) but. Oh my God. The instructor that was with that diver that was taking photos, as he was taking the photos, he saw Tina. Oh, my God. So he saw her and realized, oh, my God, that's one of the girls from our our ship. And he swam down and got her. Oh. He reported that when he got her, her eyes were open, but she was unresponsive. And he brought her to the surface as quickly as he could. Oh, that's horrifying. I will also say that that picture was developed and i do have it to post on the website and there's like the diver and and behind him you can see like 
further below you can oh, it's like oh the last that's recorded creepy. picture of her i it's so creepy oh so i thought now would be a good time to take a little break while we let this all sink in a little bit i shouldn't say sink, sink in, in boating, oh, <laughs> boating oh don't be sinking oh mother's day is coming up soon and mom deserves something super special this year don't you agree jenna hell yes i know i do my family had better come up with something good this year. <laughs> Guys, don't disappoint mom. Send her to Thistle in Wellington, Colorado. This year, local flower farmers will have fresh designer flower bouquets that are among the other loads of fun goods offered. If you're not in Colorado, no problem. 900 miles away in Illinois, I can still get many of the awesome handcrafted and unique gifts delivered to my mom. So that means there's no excuse not to get mom something extra special. Just be sure to order in advance since mail has been famously slow lately. Oh, yes. Visit Thistle at 3713 West Cleveland Avenue in Wellington or online at thistlewellington.com. Are you ready? I, I don't know. I, I think so. I feel like I'm losing my air ways. You're not. <laughs> I suddenly feel like I can't breathe. I feel like I can't breathe. I'm underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Never scuba diving. Ever. I know. Mm -mm. Not for me. Right? Yeah. Back in the U.S., the news of Tina's death was slowly spreading to her family. Oh, God. Tina's father, pausing for a second, Tommy Thomas. Oh, what the? Come on, people. Why At least be original. Tom Why Tom. would you? So, Come here, Tom Tom. I mean, so like, <laughs> it doesn't say, but is his full name Thomas? Is he Thomas Thomas? <laughs> I'm Who sure does he is. that? I just, okay. So I. That's like Peter Peterson. Or, you <laughs> Why know, do they do that? I don't know. Come I, on, I, that drives me crazy. So, anyways, all right. So, I just I wanted to pause there so we just make fun of that. And then <laughs> so move we can on. make fun of that name. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. We're so, good. All right. Tommy Thomas, so Tina's father. Okay. He was out of town on a business trip, and he received a call from Gabe's father, telling him that there had been an accident and Tina had drowned. Shit. So he's out of town. So he immediately boards a plane for Alabama. They're all from Alabama. Okay. So he could tell his wife and younger daughter oh. the news in person. He didn't want them to hear it from somebody else. So when he gets there and Tina's mother, Cindy, finds out, she quickly gets on the phone and calls Gabe's mom. Oh, God. But Gabe's mom said, I can't talk right now. I'm literally on my way to the airport to fly to Australia. Wow. So as the immediate shock started to wear off, the Thomas family started to realize that they had been the last to find out. Yeah, like the cops didn't call them. Right. Tina had been dead for 12 hours before anyone told them. Whoa. Right, because, you know, Tina's mom just finds out. She calls Gabe's mom. Gabe's mom already had her plane knew. ticket, was on the way to the airport, you know, like. How rude. Oh, my God. Right? Why didn't the cops call them? I think it's because they still were thinking it was an accident. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I, I guess they assumed the husband would let the parents know, but he called his parents <gasps> wow. and then his parents called her parents. Oh, he sounds like a little kid. Weird, right? It's yeah. just, it's just, it doesn't give you a good feeling, right? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. All right. So I have, I saw a video of him giving his statement to police. They videotaped it and I have some screen grabs of it. Ooh. And there's Gabe like explaining all this. He seems pretty freaking calm to me, but mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, okay. He could be in shock, whatever. Right. Yeah. And in there, his mom's sitting next to him and she's like rubbing his back the whole time. And oh, like, God. but it's oh, not like, like, I mean, I understand she was being supportive, but it's not yeah. like he was like barely like getting the words out while I was sobbing. Yeah. He was just plainly talking and huh. she's like rubbing his back. It was, it just, just felt weird. Something it did. It did feel, feel right. weird. Right. Yeah. So police had a couple issues with Gabe's version of events. Okay. <laughs> As did Doug. Or As did Doug and Ken and Paula yeah. and the other one. <sighs> um, so first, Gabe had said that he was a certified rescue diver. Oh, <laughs> well. And yet he decided mm -hmm. to leave his wife and go to the surface to get help. He made the worst decision that they're never supposed to make. Right. Huh. And, and it sounded like, you know, oh, so he panicked and like left his dive buddy and that's like the ultimate no-no. But apparently he's a rescue diver. Yeah. So in that situation, he should Weird. be the person that knows what to do out of anybody. Yeah. Right. Second, 
Gabe's account did not match what was recorded on his dive computer, which again, this was all completely out of my realm of knowledge. So I had to find out. So it's like a digital watch and it's synced with his air supply or whatever. Yes. Regulator. Yes. And it records everything. Gabe said that he aborted his first dive with Tina that morning because when he got underwater, his dive computer was malfunctioning and doing like this beep beep thing. Hmm. And so he went back up to the boat, like they both did. They went back up to the boat and he realized the batteries were in backwards, okay. which police thought, well, that's weird because typically it doesn't work you... at all. Yeah, exactly. Right. And they're like, he said it malfunctioned and it was beeping. Right. Hmm. But the computer had recorded that dive. Oh, so it worked somehow. Yeah. Something. And worked. it showed that Gabe had gone under a few t- feet and then come right back up. Hmm. So that was kind of strange, right? In his recorded police interview, this is a quote from Gabe. I went down, started kicking down, and as I was kicking down, but as fast as I was kicking down to go get her, she was going down just as fast. So that's how he explained when, when she started to panic, right? But his dive computer didn't show that he tried to go after her. Weird. Did she have those weights or something on her? You know how they Yeah, I guess they are. And that's one of the things they're supposed to do. They're supposed to like, I guess there's weights that they can lift off. And then the yeah. buoyancy vest, I guess you can take your air hose and inflate your vest. Oh, so okay. you float up to so the, float. he didn't do that for her either. You know, so that was, that was kind of weird. Cause he was like, well, I did try to get her and I couldn't get her. Remember she was going down as fast as I could go. But according to his dive computer, he never tried to go any further. Mm-hmm. So that was weird, yeah. right? Yeah. Then Gabe said, quote, from that point, I just, I pretty much just turned and pretty much just rocketed up to the top, you know. I'm amazed that I didn't end up with the bends or something. Oh, God. What a weirdo. Right? Like, I was like, seriously, that's your concern. concern. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, so he's like racing to get help for his wife. And he's sitting there going, I'm surprised I, you know, I'm surprised I didn't get hurt in the process because I went up too fast. Who freaking cares? Yeah. I would have been like, my, my wife is dying as I'm vomiting, whatever. Yeah. Right. Totally. You know, it was, so that was really weird. But his dive computer showed that it took him over two minutes to get the 40 feet to the surface. Huh. And when they spoke to experienced divers, they were told that Gabe could have safely ascended 40 feet in 45 seconds. Wow. So he was purposely going slow. It seemed that way, right? Mm -hmm. And the dive instructor that had gone down to get Tina, who was 100 feet down on the bottom, he was able to get to the surface with her in 90 seconds. Oh, my God. Gabe, come on, dude. You would think he, since he's that experienced, that he would know. I mean, first the computer. Yeah. Then it's a other lot people. of weird stuff. A lot of, right? Like, you didn't try very hard, dude. <laughs> then Gabe said that before he even got to the surface, as he was getting to the surface, mm-hmm. he came across other divers and he was trying to signal to them that he was in distress and actually grabbed a few and, like, was like shaking them to get their attention. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. But I'm sure they're like, what the frick? <laughs> Get off of me, <laughs> this dude. This guy, right? <laughs> but police said that they took a whole bunch of witness statements and nobody, nobody. mentioned that. Interesting. So this is kind of weird, right? Ghost divers. Then a few days after his police interview and after he had purchased a book at the local aquarium, Gabe went back to the police department and asked to be taped again. Mm. He wanted to... Like they didn't ask him to come in and give more information. He wanted mm-hmm. to offer more oh. and he wanted it to be recorded. Uh-huh. And in this recording, he said, I just can't help but think that the fight against the current is what allowed whatever thing took place that caused her to black out or whatever and sink. Oh, is what allowed whatever thing t- took place. Hmm. When the police asked him on a scale of 10 how strong the current was, Gabe said it was a five. But he, on in the interview, he said, we both realized once we got in the current that it's too much. Hmm. That doesn't make sense. It's just really. At all. Right. And she was sinking. It's not like she was being 
Yeah, she wasn't being pulled. No, it was like there was like the current was like right here, and like as soon as they got out of it, she just yeah. I it was it's it's all very very like I know I don't know diving, but still it was like it just doesn't make sense. This is weird. Yeah, it was almost twenty four hours after Tina's death that the Thomas family was finally able to reach Gabe in Australia to talk to him on the phone, right? And Mm -hmm. like, here, what happened? Yeah, and apparently his. His new mother-in-law repeatedly kept saying, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. So Gabe, I guess, gave them the story about watching Tina sink while she Mm -hmm. was reaching up to him, right? (sighs) Yeah. And he had to watch helplessly and then go get help. And he told them that he was right by Tina's side as she lay on the deck of the boat and that he was holding her and calling to her while they were trying to resuscitate her. Wait, wasn't she on a different boat? Yep. (sighs) (laughs) okay but yep yeah so here they are they're upset because their their daughter just suddenly passed away in this tragic accident they feel horrible for gabe because they're like oh my god he's got to live forever with this look you know her looking up at him and he's like oh my god so gabe ended up returning to alabama a week later and there was reportedly a lot of tension and drama between the two families at the funeral oh i bet yeah, it was a little weird. Mm-hmm. And then about a month after the funeral, Tina's father, Tommy, was contacted by Ken Snyder, the one that he gave his first story to. Oh, right. Okay. The, the, one of the couple, one of the couples, you know, mm-hmm. he reached out to Tommy because he felt like he needed to tell, she needed to tell Tina's father that Gabe's story yeah. didn't make Kept sense. changing. and Right. Not only did he tell him, you know, all the things that he thought was weird about the story, but he also said that Gabe was not by Tina's side as the doctors were working on her Mm -hmm. and that he didn't actually go over to her until after they told him that she was dead. Wow. And that was 40 some minutes you said that they worked on her. They worked on her for over 40 minutes. And the whole time he was in a different boat, getting a hug. Uh, (laughs) Having a beer. Hold me. Can you just hold hold me? me? I yeah, feel so it, sad. Right? I mean, why would you feel the need to say that to her parents? Yeah. If you didn't if do you it, didn't like why it. would you They didn't ask. They didn't they weren't like, "Well, where were you?" Right. And you would know it would get back to them, wouldn't you? It's I mean, just you would think so, it was just slimy. Yeah, right? Tina's family contacted the Australian police and they were told that they were still investigating the accident. Okay. And they advised him that he should go to his local authorities. Wow. So he got the impression that they weren't like accident. Like something, they're still looking into it, right? Hmm. So he did call the local authorities in Alabama. And he also told them another thing that was kind of bothering him, which was shortly before the wedding, Tina told her dad that Gabe asked her to increase her life insurance policy that she had through work. He wanted her to max it out, which was $130,000, and to change the beneficiary from her dad to him. To him. Yeah, red flags. Right? She says that to her dad, and her dad's like, just tell him you did it, and then deal with it after the honeymoon. Mm. So she didn't. Good for her. Yay. Right? Mm -hmm. So then Sergeant Brad Flynn of Helena, Alabama learned that the Queensland police weren't ready to rule Tina's death an accident because he called mm-hmm. down there to talk to them. Mm-hmm. That the Queensland police said that Gabe had told dozens of people the story mm-hmm. of what had happened and every version was slightly <sighs> different. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Gabe, he's not very mm-hmm. good at this. Like, I know, like, you know, you start to embellish a little or something yeah. or you see, but again, this is like, I don't know if, 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 if your bride of 11 days just shockingly passed away, I'd be more like, I don't want to talk about it. Right. Or I just very like, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I, it just, it, you mm-hmm. always know that you're going to know if you're really there and really experiencing it, you're going to have those details. It's like, yeah. In your mind. Like that would burned be burned, in right, burned into your mind. Exactly. It's not going to change. Sergeant Flynn started digging into the newlyweds lives back in Alabama. Okay. So this is where we hear about them. Tina had just ended a relationship when she met Gabe. Oh. 
They were both students at the University of Alabama. Okay. They dated for quite a while before Tina introduced the, him to her family, which was unusual, they said, that hmm. she usually she brought usually her boyfriends is. around. They always hmm. were trying to, the boyfriends would be trying to impress them as the parents mm-hmm. and all that. And they're like, that wasn't the case here. Interesting. That her mom, Cindy, and her sister, Alonda, so Tina's sister and, and mom both didn't get a good vibe from him. And mm-hmm. they told Tina, but she was like, well, I love him. Oh, you know. shoot. Yeah. But Alonda also said that Tina was really worried that all of her friends were getting married. You remember oh, being yes, like pressure. right after college and you're like, yes. everybody's getting married. So she was worried about that, that she was going to end up alone with a bunch of cats. Like she literally oh. said that. And oh. I was like, I've said that. And I, I had know. cats. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I had cats too. I was like, oh. it's going to be us I guys. <laughs> <laughs> right? Don't be actually. It's a, it's okay. You don't have to get married. Oh my god! Right. I mean, oh. she when she did get married, she was twenty six. So this was like twenty four, twenty five when this yes. happened. It was like, oh. God, I hate that. It's pressure. all right. It's. So I'm stupid. really glad I didn't marry the person I was I with know, when I was right? twenty four, twenty five. God. So then Tina's best friend Amanda Phillips remembers that Tina was really impressed by Gabe because he bought her a Kate Spade handbag. I don't know. I thought that was a really weird comment. <laughs> That is a, I was like, I don't have. That's all like, it are, takes. Are they that expensive? Like, no, they're that? not that. No. <laughs> so I was like, seems odd. <laughs> I mean, like a bar quote, maybe a Chanel. Uh, let's well, go I know, Louis Vuitton like, or something. When I heard yeah. that. I was like, was it that impressive? I <laughs> was mean, <it> really? <laughs> huh? Okay. I mean, I like it, but cool. She also mentioned that Tina really loved Gabe's mother and wanted to be part of that family. Oh, oh. That's hmm. not a reason to marry somebody. No, no. <laughs> like, I mean, that's a bonus. Not... That's definitely Yeah, I mean, a bonus. it's definitely a plus, right? Yeah, but. but... It's kind of, yeah, it, that's a little backwards, It's like right? she's just settling to I know, right? settle. Oh. Alonda Thomas, her younger sister, told this story. This, this bugged the hell out of me. Oh. She said that in the fall of 2002, so this is like a year before the honeymoon. Okay. Tina told her that Gabe had bought an engagement ring. Oh, okay. And this is this is the quote that from her sister. My sister had gone over to his condo and seen the jewelry bag sitting on top of the TV. And she went over to look at it and he warned her if she looked inside that he would take it back. And it stayed there for a good 6 months. And oh, every time no. she went over there, she had to look at the bag. God, that's a weird form of torture. I mean, that's right? bizarre. I mean, I just was like, okay, that's just... Manipulative. Can you imagine how much worse it could get during the relationship? I mean... Yeah, that was just... Oh my God, I can't even, right? No. So it sat there for about six months. So then April of 2003. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Professional. Okay. I know, always. I guess there was a weekend that Tina went to Atlanta to meet up with a guy that she knew to see if there was still any interest or spark. So obviously she was getting kind of fed up. Yeah, for with sure. This whole manipulation yeah. of the ring thing. Yeah, good. And it turned out when she went to go visit this guy, there there wasn't anything there. Oh, but okay. when she got back, Gabe finally proposed. Mm-hmm. So she probably really was like, all right, well, my backup plan didn't yeah. pan out. You know, oh, that's so. And her best friend, Amanda, said, and this was the quote, there wasn't a big phone call like, oh, my God, I'm engaged. This is wonderful. It was like, yeah, he proposed on Sunday. Oh, no. And Amanda said, I got the impression from her that she felt like she was settling. Oh, I'm like heartbroken for this girl. Totally. The couple set the date for fall of 2003. Okay. And although Tina would have preferred a honeymoon in Europe or the Caribbean, mm-hmm. Gabe wanted to go somewhere they could go scuba diving because that was his thing. That was his thing. And it's all about Gabe, mm-hmm. right? Narcissist, yeah. But this meant that Tina would have to learn to dive and get certified because she'd never <sighs> been before. Okay. So Tina began taking group lessons at a local quarry mm-hmm. in Alabama. Yeah, fun. can't. Quite be the same as, you know. Yeah, as diving in, in the ocean. ocean. <laughs> totally. Currents and shit, right? <laughs> Sharks and things, right? I feel so bad. Like, I feel like yeah. I can relate to this girl oh, I so totally badly. Can. I totally can. That's the sucky thing. At that age, there is. There's so much pressure. And you have that time, right? you know, your your clock is ticking. You don't have. I know. Totally. I was the, very long. I was the last of 
yeah, I was the last of all of my friends to get married. And all of them had gotten married like a good couple years before mm-hmm. me. And I was Aww. like, I'm trying to catch up here. I <laughs> you know. know. I know. Like, and you do. You feel that pressure. I hate it's just, it. You know, it's hard. Well, yeah. So then you want to go out and like try to meet people. Mm-hmm. But they're like, all right, well, my husband and I will come. Yeah. And then it's like, oh. Okay. Right. I know. <laughs> It's hard. Oh, I, yeah. I, I feel bad for her. I mean, I but I mean, she easily could have gone another five years with that before she totally. Like, I did. So yeah. Yeah. you know, she was only twenty six, and she yeah. was like, "I give up. I don't want to have a life yeah. full of cats." Oh. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Could be amazing. Total side story. Yeah. <laughs> a few months after Tina's bath, 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 bath. After her bath, I'm going to start a bath, over. Finally, good job, <laughs> Tina. <laughs> after All her right. bath. Just a few months after Tina's death, her bestie Amanda received a Christmas card from Gabe. So oh. that happened in like October. That's, so it's just like a few months later. That's weird. The front of the card was a picture of Tina and Gabe on their wedding day. Well, at least it wasn't the one from her underwater. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was tasteless. Oh, tasteless joke. And it's good. Okay. Editing and out. that's what we do here. Okay. Yep. No. no. So it was the bride and groom on their wedding day. But inside, he wrote, who's that sexy guy standing next to Tina? Oh, yeah, that's me. With a smiley face. What? Yeah. I, what? So they, they showed it on this special that I watched, and I screenshotted it because it was like, are you freaking kidding me? Whoa, that is demented. See, like, that's in worse taste than your joke about the picture. Yeah, that's even worse than my joke. <laughs> Holy shit. I thought mine was the worst, but he's the worst. So after that, the bestie was like, you know, I'm out. Wow. too weird and inappropriate for me. And so. real. Yeah. And then she started to become a little suspicious of the accident. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. And this is Tina's bestie, you said. This is Tina's bestie. Yeah. so bizarre that he would send her anything, let alone that. I know he sent a Christmas card, and then he said, "I I can't even I." Uh, and if I remember correctly, the bestie was married, so I don't know what he was aiming to yeah, get out of that. I don't know what oh, it, uh, it just makes me so yeah grossed out, right? Okay, so Tina was buried in Pelham, Pelham. I don't know. In Al- she was buried in Alabama, Alabama. So, you know, All she right. was she was flown back, and she was buried in Alabama, like where her family had her. You know, wanted her, but. Her remains were exhumed in 2007 and moved to a bigger lot that was purchased by Gabe. What? I I don't even know why. And then after being informed by her family that the flowers and gifts that they were leaving at her gravesite were being Uh vandalized or disappearing, even when they chained him down, like her dad said he was even like using like wire and like attaching them, right? They let police know that this was happening and police set up uh, surveillance cameras okay. and they got Gabe on video, removing them with bolt cutters and then throwing them in the trash. Wow. What a dick. I, God, why does he hate her so bad? I mean, whoa. So I found an interview that he did law, like way into the future about this, right? Like after a whole bunch of stuff goes down, but he said the re cause they asked, they're like, what was that about? And he said it was because they were big and gaudy plastic arrangements that wasn't oh. Tina's taste. He was bitter about the fact that he knew that they thought he had something to do with it. Oh, but still, still I mean, that's just going to implicate you more. Dumbass. So then apparently in 2007, she was moved to a different lot, right? Okay. And her grave was unmarked until 2009. And then Gabe finally got like, they called it a foot marker. So just like the okay. smaller just stone. I mean, I know they're tank. like, I know, so expensive. Ridiculously yeah. expensive, right? And then you see people and they have like these I know gargantuan things. And yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. So she just had like a foot marker that Gabe provided. And so then her dad immediately went to court to try to get the remains back because he was like, uh-uh. yeah, this is, I'm done, right? So back in Australia, mm-hmm. three years now, the police have been investigating this and a new witness comes forward. So a diver a from- fish? Yes, yeah. Nemo. Nemo's no, like, Dory. I saw what happened. Dory finally remembered what happened. <laughs> She's like, I, I remember. Wait, no, I didn't. So a diver from a different boat, because I said there was a couple of different right. excursions yeah. there, saw Tina on her dive. And he described seeing another diver reaching around her in like a face-to-face bear hug. Mm. And 
that seemed kind of hmm. because you know he didn't say anything about doing that, right? Yeah, um, Gabe. Well, he did ask for a hug. <laughs> Maybe he was like Before he underwater. Said goodbye? Oh my god! So <laughs> Maybe bad. underwater as well. <laughs> right. Uh, I need a he, hug. he is a big hugger. We're just gonna yeah. call him Olaf from here on. Yeah. <laughs> so. The Australian police started uh, staging, they went to great lengths to do like these underwater reenactments. They spent three days trying to make sure that the conditions were exactly as close to the same as they could, right? And they tried to reenact the the circumstances. Finally, at the end of 2007, an inquest was held to determine the cause and circumstances surrounding Tina's death. It says an inquest. I'm guessing it's like a grand jury. I don't, I didn't really quite understand, but it seemed like the same kind of thing, right? Okay. Gabe Watson was on the witness list, but he didn't show. Oh, well. Apparently that was his rights. He didn't have to. Oh. And he chose not to. I mean, this is an inquest about his wife's death, right? But he did, he opted not to go. So his taped police interview was shown in court instead. The inquest lasted four weeks, and there were about 70 witnesses that testified. Holy cow. Right. And the Thomas family, they were in court every freaking day. They went to Australia, and they sat there for four weeks. The findings of the reenactments were were presented at the inquest. And following Gabe's version of what happened, the diver acting as Tina went limp at the location that Gabe explained to them, right? Mm-hmm. They tried this three times, and every time she went limp, she ended up drifting down near the cargo hold of the ship. Okay, so with that current. Right, right under, like where they, you know, because they were supposed to be over the ship while they were right. looking at this, right? And she was found on the ocean floor. She was actually found 45 feet away from the ship, huh. which is, I mean, it's not like she just yeah. missed the ship. Like she was away. Uh, yeah. So they determined the only way that Tina could have ended up where she did was if she had either swam out that way or someone had taken her there. Weird. If she had been where Gabe said she was and something had happened and she had sunk from that point, she would have landed on the ship. Hmm. And it's a, it, what was it? A 350 foot, like, ship like it's not like it wasn't like a little boat that she had to like hit it was like a tiny target it's like a big it's a big thing the recreation divers also tried to replicate the new witnesses version of accounts right okay and they theorized that gabe held tina in a face-to-face bear hug reached around and turned off her air supply and then held her until she lost consciousness oh my god then turned back on her air supply so it would look like it was fine. Yeah. And then let go to let her sink motionless to the ocean floor because no one was kicking and panicking, right? Oh, my God. And Tina's autopsy said that she might have suffered from oxygen deprivation prior to drowning. Mm. Mm -hmm. This is all kind of weird and creepy, right? This is not not Mm -hmm. going well. So the inquest determined that Gabe Watson should stand trial for murder. So it was kind of like a grand jury, right? They're like, yep, you need to go to trial, right? Five years after Tina's death, five years. Five years. He was indicted. A warrant was issued for his arrest. He was ordered to appear in court, but he didn't show because he's in America right now. Uh, um, Yeah. Okay. He resisted extradition for six months (sighs) and then finally showed up in Australia in May of 2009. Because he was like, yeah, I know I'm guilty. If I go there, they're going to prove it. Gabe is now 32 years old and he shows up to court. It's May of 2009, right? Checking my dates, right? And he came with his new wife that he had married a year before. Of course he did. (laughs) He entered a plea of not guilty, but he entered a plea of guilty of manslaughter. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So meaning huh. he was saying he wasn't guilty of premeditated murder, but he was guilty of being an irresponsible dive buddy. He was guilty of not helping her with her buoyancy vest, of not getting her weights dropped and of letting her slip away from his grasp. Mm-mm. And yeah. the court accepted his plea. <gasps> so there was no trial. Oh, no. So... He was like, no, I'm not guilty of murder, but I will say I did this. Uh, so there was no, no trial. There was no 
prosecution our saying here's our facts this. and all this, right? Yeah. Prosecutors asked for a five-year sentence with a minimum of 18 months in prison. What? Five years? Five years. Instead, the judge know. sentenced Gabe to four years oh, with three years suspended. <gasps> so he would only serve 11 months. What? What? Yeah. Right. They said that there were like things that they took into account, like the fact that uh, it would be extra stressful for him because, you know, he 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 wasn't from Australia. I, right? We don't care. Because the he fact that he Australia. had to live with the fact that this happened to oh, his God. wife. Right. What was the other thing that they said was the other reason? Um, oh, because even though he had like he avoided extradition for six months. Yeah. He did finally willingly come knowing that he was going to be facing a, a murder charge. Okay, yeah, but they're... So you want a cookie? What do you... Like... (laughs) (laughs) You're being too nice. Seriously? Oh, my God. I mean, he did wait until, like, you know, he Mm -hmm. finished planning his wedding and got married and shit. So, you know, maybe that's why. It wasn't good timing then. (sighs) I... I, Yeah. Naturally, the Thomas family was furious. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And the next day, the Alabama Attorney General lodged an appeal with the Queensland Supreme Court. Oh, wow. Because um, they're they like, do that. Okay. I didn't either. They're like, yeah. what the, you know, this was, ri- this is like ridiculously yeah. lenient. What the hell? So there was an appeal and the result, it actually went on for a little bit, but the result of the appeal was that they tacked on an additional six months. Oh my God. Six months. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He's lucky he's in Australia. If he was in America, he'd probably get the death penalty or something. That's right. Or at least life. In May of 2010. The Alabama attorney general announced that he had information not yet made public and he wanted to try Gabe Watson for capital murder in Alabama and said that he had jurisdiction based on the theory that the alleged crime was planned in Alabama. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. He petitioned the Australian police to get their evidence, but they refused to share what they had unless... They refused to put the death penalty on the table. Okay. Because per Australian law, they won't do that, right? They won't extradite if the death penalty is on the table. So eventually they were like, all right, fine. We still want him here. We still want to try him for murder. An agreement was reached November of 2010. Gabe was done with his whopping, what was it? 11 plus six, (laughs) 17 month sentence. Right. He was released from prison in Australia. He was deported and went to the U.S. and was immediately arrested. A trial date was set for February of 2012. Remember this happened in 2003. February 2012. While they were waiting for that, he was released on bond. Oh, So he's out doing his thing, right? Having fun with his new wife. Mm -hmm. Let's go make some babies. In light of this, Mm -hmm. the probate court removed Gabe Watson as the administrator of Tina's estate and appointed her father. Oh, good. Her family requested that her high school and college pictures and her yearbooks and all that be returned because Gabe had all of it. Oh, no. Um, I read somewhere, I only read it once and I can't remember where I found it now, but I read somewhere that they either had a house or a condo together shortly before. So Mm. she had moved in with him. Okay. So her possessions. Yeah, were all there. Were all there, right? Oh. Gabe appealed and refused to provide the court what? with an inventory of her possessions. Why? What do you need with them? What is it? Exactly, right? And because his trial was pending, the court ordered him to stay away from Tina's grave. Oh, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, stay away. At the, at the very least. Shit. Then what came out was a key diving expert that had um, been part of the original investigation mm-hmm. who had said that a diver with Gabe's training should have been able to bring Tina up. That was mm-hmm. his testimony. He retracted some of his testimony mm-hmm. after getting provided some other information, such as the diver logs from the diving computer. Hmm. Okay. He also got their diving certificates, and their medical history. So I guess when he made his statement, he didn't have any of this information. Oh. He now claimed that Gabe should never have been allowed in the water, and especially as a dive buddy for his wife. Oh. Because Tina had no open water scuba experience. She had only taken lessons in a quarry. 
And Gabe himself only had 11 dives under his belt. So he wasn't a rescue diver. He was, uh, well, okay. He was. It said that Tina had had heart surgery. Oh, no. To correct an irregular heartbeat two years before the wedding. Oh, wow. But on her dive application, it stated that she had never had any heart problems at, or surgery. Oh. Another leading expert said that Tina was unfit to dive without clearance from a cardiologist. Oh, no. So he, like, convinced her to do it, probably. Right. It's probably fine, whatever. Or she's, <sighs> you know, trying to make the best of it. I, I don't know. Right? So this is the part you're wondering about. While Gabe had received his rescue certification... Mm. That is something that's typically given after a four-day course. But Gabe had only completed a two-day course in an Alabama quarry. Oh, no. So he had actually no rescue experience and very little open water experience. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> right? You should not be giving those out so easily. Right? Totally, Right. I mean, it's a very big difference, like being in like a a quarry where it's like a totally different circumstance. You dipped your toes in the water. You're a great swimmer. Do it. Here's your certificate. Did he do this maliciously or is he just a complete idiot who like put her life and she put her life in his hands? But still his behavior is Yeah, that underwater hug thing. I mean, you can't can't say someone's guilty of murder for like being a kind of a dick, but- it certainly didn't help, right? Mm, I mean, just, there's a lot of it, there's right? There's a lot there's of weirdness just... going on. Okay, so then diving expert Colin McKenzie said, quote, he had no hope of being competent. He could barely save himself, let alone his wife. <laughs> I don't believe he intended to kill her hmm. and that Gabe was a dangerous amateur who showed a complete lack of courage when he abandoned his wife. <laughs> You're, you're basically a major weenie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, right? uh, what was that? You said a what amateur? Dangerous amateur. Danger- oh, <laughs> that could be such He's a danger. <laughs> a dangerous amateur. I love it. That oh it makes me think of uh, strippers for some reason. Dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. dangerous amateur. Well, like, like you might get a bra in your eye or something. Is there like snap? Like, <laughs> oh, she's a dangerous amateur. That sounds like a, like some kind of a comedy I've seen or whatever. It totally does. She like flips off her shoe and it like hits somebody in the head. <laughs> Stabs you know? someone in the head. They're stiletto. Oh my God. Okay. It did come out that apparently Gabe needed help putting on his diving equipment that day. Wow. Yeah. If you're so good at it. And that the dive company offered an orientation and guided dive with a dive master. But both Tina and Gabe had refused. Oh, no. Now we're going to go by ourselves. We're cool. Because they took Gabe at his word Mm -hmm. that he had all this experience and all this, the dive company later pled guilty to failing to comply with its own Mm -hmm. safety standards. Oh, no. They were liable for that. Mm -hmm. Not smart. Because their own code of conduct said that both Gabe and Tina must be certified by at least a dive master on the dive in question. They should have at least been there, at least for the first one, whatever. So they were fined $6,500. Okay. Plus the costs of the, of the whatever. Trial or. Right. Which was $1,500. So, and they're doing these excursions on this giant luxury ship. I'm sure that was like a, barely a ding to them, right? Yeah. Not a big deal. So anyway, Alabama judge, Tommy Nail ruled that the evidence of Gabe's behavior after Tina's death was inadmissible. Oh, what? At his trial. Mm-hmm. He ruled that the conversation between Tina and her father about the life insurance was inadmissible. What? But that's a huge, like, motive. No. So on February 23rd, 2012, the judge ruled that the prosecution did not have enough evidence to proceed with the trial and Gabe <sighs> Watson was acquitted. Oh, no. That's it. Can't be retried again. He's done. Great. He served, what was it? 18, 17 months. Yeah, 17 months in Australia. Probably a cush jail compared to. Right, with a a view Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. Sydney Opera House or something. I don't know. (laughs) The Great Barrier Reef. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way. Something like that, right? Yeah. (laughs) Sydney, Australia. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. So uh, 
Yeah, so he's a free man. I is don't, his current wife still alive? As <laughs> far as I know, he is. I wouldn't go diving with him. Just don't go diving with him. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's so many weird things that he did. I don't know that I believe that it was just that he's an idiot. Just that he's I mean, I totally believe he is an idiot. Yeah, he is. I just don't know if he... Is that much of an idiot. Right. Was he a purposeful idiot or... I don't know. What do you think? I I think he... It sounds like he did it like on purpose because that hug thing what? is what gets me. I know. Underwater. Right? What What reason... Someone else said something like, well, what if what that diver saw was actually the rescue diver pulling her up? And I was like, who rescues somebody in a bear hug? You like you do their buoyancy thing and you. you yeah. And you push them up. Yeah. You pull them or you scoot. You don't you don't face to face hug them like you're going to make out underwater. What the hell is that? Yeah. What reason could anyone have had to bear hug her? Right. Under the water. Underwater. And why was she so far away from where they were supposed to be there's just so So many many little details oh i can't believe he's living with no consequences i mean unless like okay so he did it and he knew he wasn't a very good scuba diver and he figured that's how he was gonna show that it was an accident was that that, like you know dude i didn't know what to do i didn't know what i was doing i suck you know i I thought i could i thought i could handle it but i couldn't handle it but then he you know then he would have a better story i would think i don't know dumbass uh, yeah i know right so i could do my sources but yeah he's right. a dumbass total dumbass total dumbass another dumbass for murder just <laughs> There's one a lot more. of those i know right <laughs> every single one of them i think we have one every season yes at least uh, on season four of one dumbass for murder <laughs> <laughs> we present you with gabe watson gabe watson um, is our oh dumbass of God. the day right dumbass of the day <laughs> We can have like a we can have like a daily Facebook post. Our dumbass of the day. Is, oh, that'd be hilarious. We right. All right. So my sources for this story are, of course, Wikipedia. Of course. I mean, it's else? in everyone. Yes. Right? AL.com, which I believe was for Alabama, but oh. AL.com. TheAge.com.au, CourierMail.com.au, NBCNews.com. The Dateline episode, and I highly suggest this, Mm. Mystery in the Deep Blue Sea. Mystery in the Deep Mm -hmm. Blue Sea. After (laughs) these commercials. Right. abcnews.go.com. 2020. It it was interesting. And apparently they've made like a, there's like a Lifetime movie or whatever. Oh, no. Like murder in the honeymoon or you know something like that and it was i thought that i thought there was one there's a movie made of it it's got like harvey Keitel, and i was like who does oh my he god play? i was like is that he's game? chopping people up underwater <laughs> I like, right i was like who's that is that the dad is he the yeah, prosecutor the what are, who's the what role i was like harvey Keitel. i know I you have like, to be like a real gory <laughs> i don't know very, like that's a strange mm-hmm. cast mm-hmm. so anyways Thank you, everybody, for listening to another one of our episodes. We are, this is episode two of season four. How crazy is that? It is crazy. And also be sure to share us because the more likes, reviews we get on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or any of those, um, it tells other people who have the same interests as you that, hey, you might want to check this out. So if you could do that too, that would be right. Like when you go on Netflix and it was like, you may also enjoy. Yes. And I'm usually like, oh, yeah. And mine are all serial killers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> too. I have. Yeah. And all the podcasts, too. It's like, oh, another murder. Exactly. Yes. Another one. Yes, please. Yep. Wait, yep. Wait, there are podcasts that don't talk about killers? <laughs> they're, I, they're so boring. There's a whole don't, world don't outside of this? Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's brand new information. So now that it's season four, we have season two stickers. Yes. So now we're going to start the season three yes, stickers. Yes, we're going to start the season three stickers. <laughs> so if you have any designs you want to submit, too. We got oh, some great absolutely. designs from the last one. Yes, from we fans. have some great ones. And um, we're really grateful that you guys sent them. And yes. so when you guys and get them, we hope you like them. Yes, some of them might even be turned into T-shirts and mugs and stuff, too. So your art might end up on something. So send it in. Yes. Whatever, as long as people are playing. Yeah, as long as people are playing. <laughs> Just play with yourself. Wait, no. Um, what? What? Who? Who what? said that? What? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, thanks everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> to see images from this story, follow us on Facebook, 
Instagram, and Twitter at ODFM Podcast or on our website at odfmpodcast.com, where you'll also find a link to our merch store, where you can get awesome stuff like t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. And if the weekly podcast just isn't enough to fill your ODFM cup full, join our fan club on Patreon for more content like minisodes, bloopers, and discounts at our merch store. That site is patreon.com slash odfmpodcast. And if you do love our bloopers and need more than we naturally do, which is a lot, buy us a glass of wine at buymeacoffee.com slash ODFM podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM, hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true. The comments and opinions are not. We apologize if any of our content is harmful or disrespectful.